I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, and you're listening to The Goop Podcast, made possible by our friends at Greenpan. To stand the test of time in the Goop kitchen, a piece of cookware has to be high performance and really functional. Greenpan is one company that strikes this balance in the kitchen. While traditional pans are made with plastic coatings that can turn toxic with heat, Greenpan uses a non-toxic ceramic coating. In addition to being easy to clean up, the pans are just as versatile as you need them to be, so you can sear fish, saute some vegetables, steam a side of rice, and have dinner on the table. You can find their cookware on goop.com, including our new collaboration with Green Pan, which is my favorite frying pan set. U.S. listeners, just plug in promo code GREENPAN20 to get $20 off your Green Pan cookware order before March 31st. That's greenpan20 at goop.com. Hi again. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time, here's what you can expect. Every Thursday and a bunch of Tuesdays coming up, Goop editors will be sitting down with thought leaders who are pushing boundaries in their fields. We'll talk to doctors, creatives, CEOs, and relationship experts. You'll hear me interviewing some of the people I admire most in this world, and you'll also hear a lot from my chief content officer at Goop, Elise Lunin. I love listening to Elise's interviews because she asks the smartest questions and really just listens. Today's episode is a little different because I'm sitting down with our food editors, Caitlin O'Malley and Anna Hito. Caitlin and Anna are two of the people I work most closely with at Goop. We are constantly testing new recipes and going back and forth on what we like and don't like. I could talk to them for hours. In this conversation, they asked me about my new cookbook, The Clean Plate, which came out today, just in time for my own annual reset. I've never cooked so clean in my entire life, but these are the kind of recipes that almost make me forget I'm not eating french fries. Caitlin, Anna, and I also talked more about cleanses, cooking styles, and our favorite foods. At the end of the episode, we have a bonus AMA round on all of this. Okay, let's get to today's chat. All right, so do you actually detox? I do. I usually detox at least once a year unless I'm testing something out for goop.com, which has been known to happen quite a few times. (laughs) I actually, it's a ritual that I, I'm not going to say I look forward to it, but when it's done, I always feel like it was very worthwhile. I think one of my favorite things about detox is I always feel super awake to my body and what's happening. And I think, you know, we're all so busy and rushing around and doing so much and it's like, we don't even realize the impact of a stimulant. Like what is the effect of a cup of coffee on our body or what is totally. the effect of gluten or a martini? Like we we just sort of tune out and we're just kind of on that treadmill. And it's interesting to take out all of those things that are harder on the body and observe what happens, right? Totally. Do you think that your style of detox has changed throughout the years? Are you now detoxing in a different way than you were 10 years ago? You know, interestingly enough, what I realize is all kind of the same thing. I mean, my first detox ever was the master cleanse, which is the most intense. (laughs) And it's, as you know, water 
lemon juice, cayenne, and maple syrup. So that was pretty intense because I went straight on liquid only. I find now that liquid only detoxes are really hard on my adrenals. I think maybe I'm just too old, but like I need, I need food. So in the past, I would say in the past 10 years, I've just, you know, it's more about eliminating any allergen or anything that's inflammatory and kind of letting the body heal. I do think that it is interesting sometimes as an experiment or once in your life to do mm-hmm. three or five days on a liquid cleanse of some kind because it's a different experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like the goat milk cleanse. Remember that? Oh, Rem- oh do we ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was so horrible. That was so hard. I've done it twice. I know. Which is impressive and you deserve a gold medal for Thank that. You. For sure. Well, it really did help with my situation. Yeah. And it was it was interesting because I think towards the end of that cleanse, I think he sort of started liking the raw goat milk. I did. And I started feeling amazing. Yeah. By the end. And you get to appreciate food so much more afterwards. I feel like I know. Do you guys ever detox? I mean, I tried to do a little one before my wedding and I just I crashed. <laughs> you so bombed hard. it. I totally bombed it. <laughs> I feel like I would like to try and detox more. I just feel like with our job, it's a little bit difficult to stick to a you're detox because we, all day. Yeah, yeah, and you have to taste the food, otherwise you're just not going to get a good recipe out of it. So yeah. it's a little bit difficult. I feel like since working with you and just knowing that you keep it pretty clean during the day and let you let yourself have what you want for dinner. I just I think sometimes the head game of detoxing gets it gets to me and then I feel like I'm depriving myself and then I crash really hard. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you've been a good model of how to indulge when you want and not feel like you're depriving yourself but keep it clean most of the time. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's what the purpose of this book was too is to make clean food that's actually delicious so you don't feel like you're depriving yourself mm-hmm. of anything and I think that's something that we do well at Goop and we sort of, you know, we're pioneers in that space, right, of making like clean food delicious and cool. And also very accessible and easy enough to make for any, if you're a college student, if you're a single mom, whatever it is, it's not something very difficult or you need to have a huge background in technique. Right. Yeah. Right. Because that's how I learned to cook. I mean, I was – a working girl and then a working mom and I learned to cook out of other people's cookbooks and you don't want it to be a whole intimidating process. Yeah. And especially I think that people think that clean food is like impenetrably difficult or weird and so I think that's what's so great about this book, right? That it's just delicious food. Like it's genuinely so good. It's not plain like cabbage soup. Yeah. There's exciting. And I think you guys were so, I mean, I should just tell all the podcast listeners how instrumental the two of you were in the making of this book and how much of the recipe development you did and how much you invented all of these amazing, (laughs) I mean, you know, like the, I was detoxing and I wanted, you know, you want something that you can bite your teeth into and you came up with those taco shells made of squash and jicama. 
it's just so genius. It's like it doesn't it doesn't present like detox food. It yeah. doesn't smell like detox food. It, it's so that was sort of the goal I think throughout this book is to make it not as scary because detox the word in and of itself is sort of like intimidating and you don't want to do it. But if it tastes good and it it's mm-hmm. easy enough, then why not yeah. just and give if it a try? If it's sort of familiar, mm-hmm. if it's like, okay, like meatballs, we can all get, we all we know a meatball. We can all a taco. A taco, yeah. Right. And I think, you know, the idea is how great to have this sort of tome of recipes that it's not, if you, if you, you know, one of the use cases is I'm on a detox and I don't know what to eat. Because, I mean, that's how I basically started with It's All Good, right? My That second book where... I was trying to clean up my diet and do a finite cleanse and I couldn't – I was also so, like hallucinating with fatigue. <laughs> and, so I, and I couldn't think of stuff to make that was on the plan. So I thought, well, next time if I ever detox again, I'm going to write down recipe ideas and things I could make mm-hmm. and that was the seed of that book. And I think with this book, it's really – like you can look at it as I want to do a cleanse. I want to do something finite and really deep and – healing or if you just like clean food or if you're like me, you like to eat super clean until dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just if there's just one recipe you like and it's clean, right. that's worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to follow every doctor's protocol or you can. Right. There's options. And most of the recipes in the book are fit within each doctor's protocol. So, Or they can with like very like – totally low lift modifications. Right. Speaking of the doctors, like that's one thing. The clean plate almost feels like a follow-up to It's All Good. Like it's next level, like big sister. <laughs> yeah. Like just, you know, not your average. It's like detox. the graduate school. Yeah. For so sure. That, right? But one thing that I think makes the clean plate so interesting is the inclusion of the doctors. Yeah. So, and that was something that was really important to you from the beginning. So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about like what what that means for the book? Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting to me because there's a lot of debate around detox. And there are a lot of Western doctors that think detox is bullshit. And they think that the body detoxifies itself and we don't need to do anything to aid in the detoxification process. And then But there are MDs who are looking at nutrition in a different way and saying, well, actually, you know, especially for certain people, these particular foods act as inflammatory agents in the body and that causes a process that's hard on the body and that can, you know, there are links being made to, you know, the microbiome and overall health and autoimmune issues and how much, you know, all of these things can really be aided by eating in this super clean way. And so I really kind of wanted to bring a scientific perspective for those MDs who really do believe that food is medicine and that if you eliminate certain things in the diet, that the body actually thrives and that the wall of the gut can heal. And then we wanted to even take it a step further and say, well, you know, is there a a heavy metal detox that we could do? You know, we're exposed to so much mercury in our fish and aluminum from pans and restaurants and tin from soda cans, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what is a natural way to approach 
getting heavy metals out of the body or candida, which is something that so many of us wrestle with, or a fat flush if you just really need to focus on losing some weight. And like, what are those protocols that were, that we would want to know about and kind of assuming that our readers would be interested in those as well. So it kind of serves a cool dual purpose. And I love the fact that there are MDs in the world who obviously went to medical school and are Western doctors, but they're incorporating more nutrition, Ayurvedic medicine, homeopathic medicine, and seeing incredible results from their patients. People ask me a lot, like, how do you approach cleaning up a recipe that's, you know, unhealthy or has, doesn't have clean ingredients. And I know like my, where my head goes to, but I just want to know, like, what is your, like, if someone's like eggplant parm, clean it up. Like, what is your first right how, instinct? How would you do that? I think like the most basic tenets of detoxing are to eliminate dairy, sugar, and gluten. Cause those are the most common things that we eat that can cause problems for us. So, I mean, there are some people that would say you can't make a clean eggplant parmesan because it's a nightshade, but you could do a take on it. You could do zucchini. I mean, it depends how clean you want to go. You could do zucchini with tomato sauce and cashew cheese. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. And then watch me commit suicide. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty – it can be pretty rough. How about if somebody is a novice and wants to get healthier and be more health conscious – what are like three pantry items that you think they should swap out for what they already have to help them clean up? Yeah, their I mean, diet? I think anything with corn syrup, anything processed, yeah, and soft drinks. Those are the three things that I would say to eliminate. I also think what you mentioned earlier about like dairy, gluten, and sugar. Right, those are the first three things. I also think the like you feel so much better immediately. Like it's, it's like crazy. such a quick, it like is. the payoff is right there. And I think also, although I don't necessarily think that's true for dairy and gluten, but sugar, I feel like if you can pare down, I just think you start to crave it less. Like if you're really trying to clean up your diet, but you're not on a hardcore fast or detox or whatever. And you know, you guys know I don't have like a really a sweet tooth, mm-hmm. but sometimes if I'm cleaning up and like when I'm getting my period, like I want, <laughs> you know, and I'll totally. eat, I'll eat dates, and it yeah. tastes like candy. You know, it tastes like it totally. And you're full off of like two, two or three dates, exactly. And yeah, you're completely satisfied. Yeah, it just scratches the itch. And I think sometimes, like, if you're a person like me who has like grown up in like a yo-yo dieting household, like I think that's why. I have such a hard time going cold turkey on stuff. So even just like a swap to have a date in the afternoon, like it just sort of scratches the itch so you don't For feel, me, it's harder to know. do it that way. Like I – it's so – I'm all or nothing. If you tell me, me okay, you're having 21 days and you're only allowed to eat this and then I commit to it and I psych myself up, like I will not cheat. I will not fall off it. <laughs> me too. But if I'm like, oh, I'm going on vacation and I'd love to lose like six pounds, maybe I'll just <laughs> cut down on X, Y, or Z and not have a drink. It's like it never – I And you're like, well, I'll it. start tomorrow or, right. you know, maybe I'll have a drink tonight but tomorrow mm, I won't. Yeah. Or- look at that lobster roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the face of a lobster roll, I everybody I'm weak. Unless I'm on to- a, unless I'm on a real thing, and then I'm like, I will not fall off. I agree with you. I have to be like on a strict regimen yeah. to keep myself to yeah. it. I can't do it. I'm too. I'm too weak. I can't. 
It's not about weak. It's just not your thing. It's not your style. It's not my jam. And you eat such nutritionally rich food. Like you you make food. So you're eating unprocessed food. It's healthy. It's organic whenever you can have it organic. And it's – that's super healthy, you know? And processed food, that is such a big one that I forget. I think sometimes I get in my head about like, oh, am I being good? But I – there's like no processed food in my house because I'm a cook like – because I love it. It's my job. But I think that's one thing in the clean plate also. It takes a little more elbow grease to like stock up your freezer pantry. or fridge or pantry with the things with these clean versions of those processed things. But once you do it, you have it. Once you make I think the yield on the nomato sauce is like like four quarts or something. It so it's like heart. it's like so and exactly. then you use you it throughout the book. It. It's like you get exactly. investment pieces right. and then you just continue totally. to use them throughout. And produce is fairly cheap. And so yeah. if you have the right tools in your pantry to turn that produce into five or six different types yeah. of things, then you're pretty set. Yeah. I think people I think there's a lot about clean eating that can seem intimidating. And I think if you just Try it and, you know. I think the thing is, if you try it, you immediately start to feel so good. It's incredible when you realize, you make the connection between what you're putting in your body and how you're feeling. And when you start mm-hmm. to feel incredibly light and clear and you're, you feel like the synapses in your brain firing and you can find words and you're not exhausted. I mean, it's – You have so much more energy. It's really powerful. Yeah. It's yeah. a powerful – Your skin starts to look so good. Completely. People are like, what happened to what you? What are you doing? <laughs> Just eating clean. Yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. I take a bath every night to unwind, but I'd probably say that the kitchen is my sanctuary. I love to cook. It's a little bit relaxing and also a little bit stimulating. When I'm in the kitchen, I feel like I'm operating a different part of my brain. It's also a place that my kids and family like to come together. Over the years, I've cleaned up my kitchen a lot. I try to avoid single-use products and to keep plastic out of the kitchen, which is not always easy. Take pans, for example. Traditional non-stick coatings are made from plastic synthetics. They can release toxic fumes, which we'd all rather not have in the kitchen, but everyone loves a non-stick pan. This is where Green Pan comes in. Green Pan skips the toxins and uses a ceramic non-stick coating. It's still a really simple cleanup. Green Pan is easy to clean and can even go in the dishwasher. But just as important, if not more, Green Pan makes for a great cooking experience. You can do some of your best home cooking in a Green Pan, whether you are searing, steaming, or sauteing. We've teamed up with Green Pan a couple of times at Goop, and we just came out with a brand new collaboration. It's a frying pan set done in a beautiful icy blue color. There's a 10-inch and 12-inch pan that each come with a splash-proof lid. You can shop the set along with more Green Pan cookware on Goop.com. And U.S. listeners, you can take $20 off your order with promo code GREENPAN20. Just be sure to shop before March 31st. That's GREENPAN20 at goop.com. Okay, let's get back to my chat with Caitlin and Anna. Did you grow up? always eating clean or is this something that you've 
taken on throughout your life? Was your family like always very bi organic or were you more like Yes. I mean, we were we were sort of uh schizophrenic in that way in our house. Like <laughs> my my mom loved having like she was the first person who bought like Hansen's natural sodas of all my friends or <laughs> she bought like a flat of wheatgrass and we would have wheatgrass shots. You're like, "Mom, you're embarrassing me." I know. Right? <laughs> And she was extremely into organic food and she's always been a real environmentalist. And so she would go to the co-op in Santa Monica. She loves – to this day, she, she loves, loves the that co-op. co-op. And the farmer's market and – but then at the same time, it was a different era, right? So we would – she would also like, you know, make like some beautiful handmade – you know, like soul for dinner, but pop in a Stouffer's mac and cheese, which we loved, you know? So it was like, it was like, and, but she was pretty healthy, but my dad would like hide Malamars and (laughs) he was the one with like Pepsi in the fridge. And for him, it was like Pepsi, Malamars. And, um, he loved, you know, like he, he grew up, um, I think in a different way. And so he had grown up with a lot of like TV dinners and he had a more humble background than my mom did. And so um, my mother said that when she met him, he had never eaten a green vegetable. <laughs> God. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> unbelievable. So it was kind of like a back and forth. And, w- and when we were if we went out with my dad to like Thrifty, the old drugstore. Oh my gosh. And then we'd go to the ice cream counter, which was my obsession. And then we would – it was like, you know, 11 in the morning. <laughs> and then my mom would be like, Bruce, you bought them ice cream from Thrifty at 11 in the morning. I'm not going to lie. I had a Thrifty scoop like a month ago. Where with is that, like, one? And she grammed it and it was pretty cool. Yeah. Wait, wow. it's the they're Thrifty at, they're, they're at Rite Aid. Well, they're in Rite Aid in the pharmacy. Just go and they the have Rite that Aid. crazy cylindrical like scoop. And it's like a cylinder. Am a I cylinder? crazy that that ice cream is like the greatest ice cream? No. There's something in it's, it that's pretty magical. It's really good. I mean, uh, yeah. Let's go. Let's have a field trip. Field trip. trip. <laughs> okay, to celebrate guys. the clean plate. The dirty scoop. That's so – it's so interesting how your, like, your family culture around food kind of influences so yeah. much. And I think as – Yeah. But as a parent, like, you have to pro- – you're thinking about that with your own kids and, like, their it's sort of really ideas hard, about health. You know, because they – I mean, Mosey's pretty adventurous, my he son. Is. Right? He's, like – he'll try things, but Apple is a strict vegetarian and then she – doesn't like a whole lot of things on top of, you know, so it's hard. It's hard to come up with healthy, interesting, fast things. And then I think as a mom, we get really stuck in the rut, you know? Oh, yeah. And I also think that like for moms, it's hard when you're trying to have your kid eat clean and then they go to school and then their best friend is popping open a bag of Cheez-Its and a Diet Coke, and they're like, well, why can't I have that, you know? That's why, I mean, my philosophy with them really has been that when they're home, I try to have good, cleanish food. And then when they're out in the world, I have to trust them to do their own thing and if and make their own decisions. And if they want to eat terribly, and that's that's okay. Like, they're autonomous as well, and they can make those decisions. And you know, I mean, I get it. I was a kid. Like, I, yeah. I still yeah. love Oreos. Like, yeah. I, you know. I mean, my so. favorite thing in the world is French fries. Me so. too. That's oh my, my number one. So good. We went on a rant, like, last week for maybe an hour We about were listing, fries. like, 
curly shoestring. <laughs> like, That's no. <laughs> you just like the classic? Classic. I mean, I, it I could love be thick or classic. thin. It could be anywhere from like matchstick all the way to a steak fry, mm-hmm. but like curly, it doesn't taste the same. I like a I, curly because curly usually is has, code for Lowry's seasoning yeah. salt, which I can definitely get Honestly, behind. Honestly, I can get behind any fry. Does not matter. I don't matter. like waffle fries. I don't like curly fries. I can get behind they offend it. me. <laughs> I'll eat it. They're not my favorite. I'll eat them. What do you guys think is the best French fry in LA? Ooh. That's a great question. I feel like I had a pretty good French fry recently. Oh, I had a really good French fry at Langer's. Mm. I went and the, they had to go there. They have a, uh, it's like a, not a criss cut. It's a crinkle. I think they call it a crinkle. Oh, a crinkle. It was I'm, quite good. That's Don't like it. That's probably my least favorite. <laughs> a crinkle is probably my least favorite fry. I think I just had some fries from Juista the other day that oh, were really wow. good. I've never had those fries. Really good. I love the fries at Santa Monica Seafood. Oh. They're delicious and they're perfect. And if you go sit at the counter and get some oysters and a yeah. glass of white wine and those french fries are Do to you, die for. Are you a double fry kind of girl or double single fry? fry? Double fry. Mustard. Yeah, I was going to say we got to talk about dips. I mean, I'm pretty ketchup. I'm I'm ketchup unless it's like a thick wedge and then and mayo, then mayo yeah, or something Rayoli. some nice aioli. And I also would say that I get very excited about like a really delicious roasted sweet potato wedge so do I. with maybe an aquafaba garlic aioli like I you mean, might have some old bay. Come on. Yeah. So incredibly delicious. I mean this aquafaba discovery Do you know what aquafaba is? Okay, this is this is unbelievable. You take a chickpea can and you take the water from the can and then you emulsify it with olive oil and salt. Yeah. It yeah. could be any a little, kind of you oil, could put, honestly. Yeah, a little lemon. Put some lemon. Garlic. And it creates like a fake mayonnaise. Like yeah. it's a white, creamy, delicious thing that you can spread it's on the same anything. texture. It's and it's, but it's, it's flavorless vegan. unless you flavor it, which is right. kind of great because it's a neutral base for you to do whatever you want with. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah. It is amazing. And also with the same garbanzo bean liquid, you can make um, meringues. You can yeah. make Crazy. so many different things. Who knew? Garbanzo beans are the new kale. Oh, my gosh. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, Yeah. It's, Unless you're Dr. Gundry and then no garbanzo. Oh, but he, he's okay if you use Eden because they're pressure cooked. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That aqu- Get those lectins out of my beans, <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> yeah. The aquafaba mayo, the tomato sauce, and the sweet potato miso kale salad are like those top are your favorite. Three. But I think that one's on. pretty good. Yeah. We we worked with that a lot of those alt, alt, uh, alt noodles, I guess is what I'll call them. Yeah. And hashtag the- alt noodles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the trick is to really unlearn everything you know about pasta because like it like its own thing because like if you're making spaghetti like the last thing you want to do is like rinse it with cold water after you've drained it because then you lose all that wonderful starch that will help with your sauce like all that emulsification but with all these alternative noodles i found that once you rinse them with cold water and kind of shock them and and get whatever that extra legume starch off of them then they behave more like toothy and yummy exactly instead of like mushy and they don't get all stuck together so that was kind of an interesting journey to like make that a few times and be like what is wrong can we soak it in something needs to be in something but the rinse i just had to go against all of my like 
Italian Classic. grandma instincts yeah. and yeah. <laughs> rinse the noodles. Did I say the za'atar chicken bowl? I like no, that one didn't. a lot. The za'atar, yep. like chicken skewer. That's a good one. And then I think I like the nomado chicken meatballs. Yeah. Those, or turkey those meatballs, really whatever. But yeah, and that's based sort of loosely based off the elimination meatball, which is, yeah. I think is it's all good, right? Mm-hmm. It's just got all those yummy herbs. herbs and, yeah. yeah. It's so, so bright and yeah. Those are my faves. Mine are the two tacos, aforementioned tacos. And I love that breakfast soca thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Soca is kind of fun to play around with, too. Why don't you explain to the audience what soca is? Well, because, you know, a lot of people aren't familiar. And it's actually like, to me, one of the most happy moments of the book if you're trying to eat clean. Soka is, again, our gold star winner garbanzo bean pulling through. <laughs> uh, it is garbanzo bean flour and pretty much just like garbanzo bean flour, water, and we have four, four, three, three, three different variations, variations of, of the soca and you can add zucchini. We have a soca cuckoo, which is like very herby. And yeah, it's, like tr- it's a riff on like a traditional tradi- Persian frittata style dish. And it's like... A pancake batter, pretty much, so and you good. put it in a pan, and yeah. you end up with this. It's like, really, it's actually very quick and easy. It's like pretty low on like the cooking, you yeah. know. It's a good and for even breakfast. Like, because you guys taught me about soca, I had never really known about soca before. <laughs> um, but it's actually a really good just to do as a crepe, and like I would just roll it up and eat it. Like yeah. if you're detoxing, you need a snack, and you need to mm-hmm. like chew something yeah it's delicious and you can like put arugula in there and make it a little more savory or put a piece of fruit in there and make it sweet it's a good vehicle if you're like i have all these things but i need like one thing that's a little bit more hearty Mm -hmm. and that's like a great little like i'm done just eating raw veg this is a good way to have a totally thanks girls thank you you so much Thanks for listening to my conversation with Caitlin and Anna. I loved having them on the podcast. They are both insanely talented and just such joy to work with. If you want to pick up a copy of The Clean Plate, head to your local bookshop or your favorite online bookseller. Now, let's get to our special AMA round. Since Goop's annual detox is in full swing, our social team switched things up a bit and asked you guys to send in questions for me and the food team. Here's what we came up with. Any new simple recipes for new moms on the go? We definitely have some good simple recipes for moms on the go in the clean plate. I think that's definitely a focus of ours when we're creating food. It's like approachable recipes that are recreatable. I think there there are tons in there. Yeah. There's a ball. I mean, the apricot balls. Yeah, those are good. I think there's a little chia pudding, chocolate chia pudding that's like based on a snack pack. That was like what we were aiming for. What are some tips for detox beginners for someone who isn't particularly health conscious? I mean, again, I would say cut out sugar, dairy, and gluten to start with and processed foods and just try to eat lots of vegetables, good quality proteins. And just start slow. I think, you know, a lot of times we think, oh my gosh, I have to follow all these rules. But honestly, sometimes just eating whole foods, eliminating a couple of things that we know aren't great and kind of getting back to that place of just, you know, I always say like if you're, if you cannot 
open it and, you know, like you don't open a bag and eat something, even that in and of itself, if you're used to opening a bag and eating food and you stop, that's like step one of a detox. Like it can be as light as just being conscious about what you're eating and putting in your body. I think also starting to read ingredient panels is a really oh, good yeah. way Definitely. to start. Like take it at your own own speed. On pace, yeah. Sort of then pick up from there if you mm-hmm. feel like it's working or if it's not. And hydration. Definitely. Drinking tons of water. Yeah. Really kind of aiding the system to stay hydrated and eliminate. All right. This is my favorite question. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh. What are some ways to detox as a couple? I wouldn't know anything about that since Anna single. is single and ready to mingle. <laughs> Anna Get is ready her. to detox with someone, okay? <laughs> That's such an interesting question. I mean, I think cooking together as a couple is fun. So I feel like detox, cooking detox. I mean, it's it, honestly, it's a little bit more chopping when you're detoxing because if you're like if you think about you're cutting out processed food there might be a little more chopping so you could get a chopping buddy yeah you need someone help with your mise en place i think it's also nice to if you are in a relationship to say like okay will you do this with me for a week like let's cut out sugar and alcohol for a week and kind of have a buddy to get you through it you keep each other accountable too for yeah yeah definitely it is. It's a nice thing to do together. Sounds nice, guys. You should do it. <laughs> <laughs> Gwyneth, do you do the clean program as a detox? I have done the clean program multiple times in my life. That was like my first detox program, and I felt so good. I did it. I was having some trouble like losing the last 10 pounds of baby weight from Moses, and I did the clean program. I was starting Ironman 2. I was starting Ironman 2. No, it had to be Ironman 1. It had to be Ironman 1. And I, I went on the clean program and I felt incredible and I lost like seven pounds on it that I never gained back. And it taught me a lot about clean eating and I just think it's a really good starter program. I mean, it's long, but Dr. Younger always says – that it really takes 21 days to for your gut to really heal. Have you guys ever done it? I'm going to do it in January. Oh, you are? There's a whole bunch of people in the office I doing know. it. I'm part of the crew. Part of the crew. Okay. How do you support your detox? What activities or supplements do you do, if any? When I'm detoxing, I like to do infrared saunas for sure. I like to exercise, but I take down the – level of strenuousness in the exercise. Like when I'm really detoxing, I can't do a full hour of cardio like on day seven of a detox. So I walk more and I meditate. Like I try to really take advantage of this time where I'm treating my body like a temple because normally I don't. Oh, yeah. And I think it depends – supplements-wise, it really depends on the program. Like the clean program comes with a bunch of supplements as part of the thing. So, but I've also had other detoxes where I've taken no supplements at all whatsoever. After you detox, do you automatically feel the need to like go ham on a burger and fries or are you feeling so balanced and level that you just like don't need that? Your body isn't craving that anymore. Yeah. I usually feel so good at the end of a detox that I ease back into a normal way of eating. It usually is like a, you know, ramping back 
yeah. into it, period. Yeah. I remember one time, like, you were at, had just finished I, one of the cleanses, and there was, like, a plate of snap peas, and you, like, ate one, and you're like, mm, this is so good. Oh, the flavor. And I was like, I was like, but you're off your cleanse. Like, we're making, we're having pasta. Like, aren't you excited? And you're like, oh, the snap peas. Just, like, we're so into it. And you were like, just I think enjoy that, food a little bit more yeah, but afterwards. I, no, but I think, like, there's something about, I think once you get over the hump, yes. it's like there's something – like you really appreciate the flavors of really yes. clean, healthy food. And it's Those like – snap peas. <laughs> they were like sugar. So I mean, I had them. been <laughs> – It was like the best moment. I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> that must have been after goat milk. I think was. it was after goat, yeah. If you have a question you'd like me to answer here, send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks again for tuning into the Goop podcast. We'll be back on Thursday, and next week we'll have two episodes again. On Tuesday, we'll have another special episode focused on nutrition. Just hit subscribe to keep up. And if you have a chance, please rate, review, and share with a friend. For more info, head to goop.com slash the podcast.